Hello everyone, welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, a new episode will come out every weekend and will have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. So, this episode, we're going to talk about the NFL offseason. We're going to do it a little bit differently than kind of how, how I've done things. Usually, I kind of spit out facts and just kind of talk and everything, but I'm going to tr- I'm gonna do it in a way to where there are questions, and I'm going to answer them the way that, you know, how I think things will go down. Um, and I think these questions are going to be some of the most common questions that will be asked in the offseason. Um, so whether that's draft, I have about three draft questions and the rest are about free uh, the rest are about free agency and the other one's just asking like what move would surprise me the most and we'll get there later but so let's kind of um, and so I would love to do another episode like this so if there's any questions NFL wise or maybe even uh, personally maybe an actual Q and a, to do, I do have a couple on uh, Facebook, but I want to try to do a Q and A episode at some point. Um, but and I have seven questions that have been asked. I have them down on my computer as well in a separate thing. But let me know if you'd want to hear a Q and A, whether it's through about the NFL, uh, about me personally, or maybe even about like Disney or music, uh, country music, or any kind of music I like, any TV shows I like, but we can go through that, but let's go ahead and do this NFL offseason episode. So we're going to start with the first question, which I think is a question that has been just started to go around, which is, will Tua, I'm not going to say his last name because I feel like I'm going to butcher it, but Tua, the quarterback from Alabama... Will he be taking over Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU, in the draft? Um, here's what I'm going to say. No. There's no way in heck that is happening. Um, to me, Burrow is a hell of a talent, and you cannot pass up on this. And You cannot pass up on that in this case, man. Um, you know, my, here's my thing about Tua, right? Um, he has his hip thing right now, and I, that, that for me, that's the one of a couple things that kind of turns me away from him. We don't necessarily know if he's super healthy at the moment. He's he didn't do anything at the combine um, last night because he's still kind of rehabbing that injury that happened in the season, the hip injury. Um, but, you know, Bur- Burrow knew he necessarily didn't have to do anything. He knows he's number one conversation. He's going to do a lot of the stuff at his pro day, throw, run, whatever. And so, uh, but two, I think, needed to do it. I think, yeah, but, you know, obviously he didn't because of the injury. Um, but with Tua, which I think made me like him a little bit more with that. But uh, the hip injury is one thing. But the other thing is that he um, 
he's an Alabama quarterback. And think about recent, think it about recent memory and how it, it, about Alabama QBs in the NFL. Not many have transitioned well to the NFL. Um, think of in, in two of the most recent. I would think that, um, and not only that, but according to um, a couple of sites, these two are have been some of the best quarterbacks in school history. In Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron. Think of those two. Where's McElroy now? He's called. He's a broadcaster on ESPN for. Uh, the XFL and college football. AJ McCarron is going to be a free agent and could be a hot commodity at, you know, as a backup quarterback. You know, and listen, and for them to be two of the top quarter, two of some of the top quarterbacks in in school history, is interesting. But think of this: McElroy was a seventh round pick, and McCarron was a fifth round pick. And two of the top quarterbacks at that school in recent memory. There's only been three quarterbacks from Alabama that have been taken in the first round. Bert Butch Avenger in 1951, Harry Gilmer in 1948, and Richard Todd in 1976. So to me, I don't have a lot of faith in Tua right now. Partially because of injury, partially because of being an Alabama quarterback. And think about it, right? You you think of the two two schools that have probably the most the two most talked about quarterbacks in Burrow and um and Tua. Burrow went to LSU, and there's not a lot of starting quarterbacks right now out of you know coming from LSU. It's weird to think about it that way, but in in you know I don't want to take anything from Tua or, or Burrow. I, I think Burrow is a top is a top pick because he he's a he's a generational talent. He was he was really good this year. He went off and he showed everyone who he is. I think he actually is that good. I think Burrow is legit that good. And I'm just not sure about Tua. And, you know, you, you know, I talked about that whole Alabama situation. And it makes me think that the supporting talent in Alabama, the backs, the receivers, the tight ends, the offensive line, make the quarterbacks look better than they actually are. You know, because McCarron had a chance to start and that failed. You know, Greg McElroy was taken in the seventh round in the Jets allowed him to start, and that didn't work out. And you know, I, and to me, it's just like it make. And when I looked up about first round Alabama quarterbacks, or just Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL, not a lot of them were taken in the first round, and there have been very few successful at that. Joe Namath went to Alabama, but was taken late in his draft. And, you know, it was in Bart Starr went to Alabama and, you know, was not taken high at all in his draft, which is interesting to think because they're both really, you know, they're both legendary players in the NFL. And it's crazy to think of it that way, but 
Alabama does not have a good track record of this. And, and I, you know, I think it's just, yeah, I just don't have faith into it because of this situation, because of Alabama and their history of quarterbacks. So, I mean, that's what I have to say about this situation. And there should be no conversation about Tua going over Burrow, Tua, Tua going number one. So the second one um, is when will the draft start? And usually in this means like when will it start being unpredictable? Um, because there have been in the past couple of years, it's been just about up till well, last year's about it was to four. Number four was when the draft started. But then two years ago it was about number 10 when it actually started. Because there were trades, you didn't know who was going to trade, you didn't know who was going to take who, and you know you weren't sure about who was at number ten at that spot, right? Well, this year it starts early, not number one, because I think the Bengals will absolutely go Burrow. Some people were saying too with Washington because of a Tua or Chase Young. They're saying Tua, Chase Young, they could go one of the two. I don't think it starts there. I think this whole Tua, because news have come out to where the Redskins' interest in Tua is legit. It's real. They're going to move on from Haskins, all this. It's like, as a Redskins fan, I know that more than likely this is a smokescreen. Because all Ron Rivera has been doing ever since taking the job, you know, when he talks about Haskins, it has been praising Haskins. So there's no way they're going to do it. Lewis Riddick, I just got this thing that said, taking Tua over Chase Young would be ridiculous. And I agree with it. Now, you know, I I did go off a little bit. You know, I have been kind of mad at the media recently because of stuff like this. Um... Because, more than likely, this is a smokescreen. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's saying something that isn't true and forcing someone to act on it. So the Redskins, more than likely, will say this whenever they're asked, that they're interested in Tua, even though they're not. They're trying to force somebody's hand, like maybe the Chargers or... Uh, the Panthers, or somebody that's going to want Tua to come up and trade for number two. Because they want ammunition, or that are willing to trade a player to Washington, or something like that. I think this is a big smokescreen, and a really good smokescreen. Because it's going to entice teams to call up and say, hey, we want number two, or say, hey, we want number one. Try to jump ahead of the Redskins. Try to trade for number one. And then they take two on number one, or they take Burrow number one. I don't think the Bengals will trade. I don't think the Redskins will trade. So this is a smart kind of smokescreen. Because they can say, hey, a team maybe like the Chargers could say, hey, we'll give you our first round pick, which is number six. But then, you know, we'll also give you a second, a third, whatever. And they say, I know. I know you would. But we don't want that stuff 
for number two. We want to know what you would take for someone like a Trent Williams, per se. Should should they look to legit, legitimately move him? I think it's a really smart, smart smoke screen by Ron Rivera and people within the Redskins organization. And I'm pretty sure this is a smoke screen because this is a team that, as of recent, has truly been praising Dwayne Haskins. And I don't think would pull a Arizona Cardinals to where you hire a new quarterback, uh, hire a new uh, coach that really likes a certain quarterback. And because they've said they've met with Tua and they've met with Burrow, which they probably did. Don't get me wrong, but I think the whole interest in Tua is just bullcrap. Um, but I do think the draft starts at number three with the Lions. Because the Lions are in a huge spot to where should the Redskins straight out and quarterback go, right? But I, I think the Lions are in a huge spot either way. Should you chase Young go at two to the, to the Skins, the, the Lions are in an option to take Jeff Okuda, a cornerback from, from Ohio State, Isaiah Simmons, an edge rusher out of Clemson. And this is a team that could easily take Tua as well to where Stafford could be moved or because um, this is a this is a situation where um, I think there's has been a smoke screen in, in Detroit because there was a report that came out three hours ago uh, today along with Skin's interest in Tua um, is uh, some GMs and coaches believe Matt Stafford is the one who wants Detroit to trade him. I think that could be a smokescreen in Detroit to see if teams will trade up to three, um, which I think really makes this an interesting spot for Detroit. Um, but they got two guys that I mentioned, and they could go elsewhere too. They, I think they could go linebacker, uh, middle linebacker, should they think there's a, a prospect, a draftee that's like a Devin White, a Devin Bush. They could go offensive line. They do need some help there. So I think the Lions are, is really where this draft starts and will set the tone for how this draft will go um, go along. And essentially that's my answer to that question. The, the next question is always asked every year about the draft and how many quarterbacks will be taken in the first round. To me this year, I think you're going to see four. Burrow going number one. I think that's evident. You're going to see him go. I think you'll see Tua going round one. I'm not saying he's a second-round talent. I'm not saying he's a third-round talent. I'm thinking somebody will take will take him in the first round. I hope he proves me wrong in that Alabama quarterbacks don't succeed, or as of recent memory, don't succeed. I think he will go. But I think he'll be taken more so in double digits than in single digits because I think the hip injury and the... And the whole Alabama transition transition thing, it won't necessarily is not, not necessarily helping his case. So I think you will see two in the first round, which means what other two quarterbacks do I have going here? I think, and this is a guy, this is a quarterback I love in Justin Herbert. Herbert, I think, is a guy that will go over Tua, right? I think this is a this is a guy that the Dolphins will that I think should take over Tua because of this. 
I think Tua will be the third quarterback taken, but Herbert, I think, proves proves a lot. I think he, he's a true leader. He can play. Um, he's shown he's pretty quick. He can throw the ball. Um, he has an arm is what I mean. You know, he uh, Herbert is the is probably my second and well, actually definitely my second favorite quarterback in this, in this draft. And Herbert's just this guy that I think you can rally around if you're an organization. And the fourth is Jordan Love out of Utah State. This is a guy to where this is going to be a whole lot of like maybe a Patty Mahomes or a I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but or Lamar Jack or Lamar Jackson, but I'm thinking it's more of that kind of situation. Maybe not Lamar Jackson, but more maybe like a more Haskins Mahomes thing to where you sit him behind somebody and then you eventually he eventually starts, right? So I think you're looking at a couple destinations for him. Maybe you take a look at like the Green Bay Packers who need a quarterback of the future. Maybe a New Orleans Saints. Maybe a New England Patriots. You're taking look at options at these teams that. Maybe have older quarterbacks and you need quarterbacks of the future. Pittsburgh Steelers, like a couple of those. And so I think all four of those quarterbacks will be taken in the first round. But, you, you know, and in, in where they're taking Burrow number one, I think Tua will probably be more than likely top 12. Uh, I think Herbert will be top probably eight or nine. And then you see. Jordan Love probably, I think, going somewhere between 15 and 32. I think he'll go between those from uh, somewhere in that range because there's going to be a contender that's going to be looking for the quarterback in the future that, that's going to take him. Uh, next question, more so kind of free agency. Will Tom Brady sign somewhere else? To me, this is no. I think this is another smokescreen or maybe a misreport. Um, but um, there have been conflicting reports of, oh, Brady's going to resign it in New England. It's evident. I, th- I think those were early reports. But now there's been this new development that has come out recently of he's not been in contact or the Patriots have not contacted Brady's party, like his agent. So it's going to be interesting to see what will happen, but I still think he ends up resigning in new England because this could be a huge smoke screen to see if they, if the Patriots could get something or all that, because free agency starts March 15th. So and here's my thinking should Brady not be re-signed by March 15th? Brady's going somewhere else. This is what this is my thought. But I think that the Patriots can easily get something done with Brady between that time period. It's a good amount of time. It's about two weeks at this point to where that's got to get done. And I think they can get it done. But should it not happen, there I think there are teams that will line up for him. But... As of now, I don't think he'll sign anywhere else um, than New England. Uh, next question, what big-name quarterbacks will switch teams? This is an uh, interesting situation because you got some big-name quarterbacks hitting the free agency market like Tom Brady. you got Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, 
Dak Prescott. So you got a couple of guys there, but I, I'm not, I don't think Dak will switch teams. I don't think Tannehill will, and I don't think uh, Brady will. So now you're looking at more so um, four guy, another four four name thing here: Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and and Andy Dalton. I think are the big name QBs that can't that probably will switch teams this offseason. Philip Rivers is going to sign somewhere else. We know that that is evident. Because the Chargers have come out and said we're not bringing Phil back, and they put an ad in, it put an ad in the paper. They put something up on Insta saying thank you, Phil. Right, so he's not going anywhere. That that's given. He's not going there. So where does Rivers go? That could be another episode before free agency comes around. Um, but I mean that I think that one. That one we know is evident. Next one in J- in Jameis Winston, this is a tough spot for Tampa. Do they want to bring a guy back who played pretty well, who had 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, but also 30 interceptions? I'm not sure because Bruce Arians has worked with some pretty good quarterbacks in his career, and Jameis isn't necessarily as good as those guys. He worked with uh, Carson Palmer, out in Arizona. And obviously that that combination worked well. But I don't think that uh, he, that Winston in this case, is comparable to, um, comparable to him, right? Comparable to, uh, Carson Palmer, right? So he he worked with Ben Roethlisberger, right? And which is a pretty big deal because you look at that and uh, you, you to me you'd think you he's gonna look for somebody like Ben, a big, tall, kind of mobile, you know, can throw the can really throw the ball, a guy like Ben and. I, again, I don't see James, you know, Jameis being comparable in that way. And then he also worked with Andrew Luck, who is a again another hell of a quarterback. And it was, and he he was only there for a year. He was there for, you know, Luck's uh, Luck's first and rookie season. Um, and it, it was an interest. It was an interesting uh, situation because not only that, but Chuck Pagano got you know when he was with the Colts. That was when Pagano got diagnosed with leukemia, and then it was Arians who took over. So you look at that, and he, you know he won. He wins Coach of the Year um, based off of being interim, and it's interesting. You know, and it becomes. A really cool story for him, and then he gets a co- coaching job with Cardinals. So it's, I think it's an odd situation, really, for this team to say, "Do I want to bring him back?" But do, you know, do I? Maybe, but does he fit? 
Coach Arian's mold of a quarterback. To me, not necessarily. You look at Cam Newton. He's probably more of a trade opportunity here. That's come up, and this could easily be a smokescreen here out of Carolina too, but I'm not sure. This one could actually be real. You know, I think there's that legit possibility. I think Carolina is interested in um, other quarterbacks and younger quarterbacks and looking in the draft and could say, hey, Cam, we want to move on. You're a great player. I mean, Cam, Cam's older now. You know, he, I, I don't think he's necessarily the same Cam. I think he can still do the same things, not as quickly, not as sharply as as he was, but I think Cam can still play a little bit. In, but um, you, the thing is, who would want to take him? I think there are a good amount of teams that will. And um, I think that Cam could thrive in another in an, on another team and could really show what he can do. Um, you know, maybe in the AFC. Uh, more than likely, I think you'll end up out in the AFC and out on the West Coast. And then the last one I have is Andy Dalton because, like I said, I think the Bengals are definitely taking Burrow. I don't, in it, from it's what it sounds like, again, this could also be a smokescreen. But this just makes the most sense to me is that they're working to trade Andy Dalton. I do think they need a veteran backup. They could, in, but Andy's going to say, "Hey, I want to start somewhere," and he does have an opportunity. There will be teams that will want Burrow to a Herbert Love that might not be able to get them, and say, "Hey, we want Andy." And the Bengals can easily trade him away and get some value out of him, which I think is a big deal. So, uh, Andy Andy Dalton's a name to look out for to switch teams here. All right. Next question, which teams will be the most active in free agency? Well, here's the thing. My first team is the Buffalo Bills. They were active in free agency last year. They're going to be active this year. They have $83 million in cap space. They have $83 million. That's how much they can spend Right now, how much they can spend. So, you look at the Bills, they're going to try to sign a lot of a, a lot of players. There are a lot of big-name players that are going to be in free agency. I think they'll address the def- uh, they addressed a lot of the offensive line, a lot of the offensive issues. I still think there are some there. But they, I think they have a, a lot more holes now defensively that they can address and probably fix due to that amount of money. And I would say, you know, the Bills were really promising this year. I think should they get a couple more big-name players, I think you're going to be looking at a really solid Bills team next year. Should the Patriots not re-sign Brady, I think this is a Bills team that could win the AFC East. You look at the Dolphins um, staying in, in the AFC East. They have the most cap space right now to use. Um, right. Um, and they, they're at $93 million in cap. 
that's how much money they can use. So that tells you kind of where they were with a lot of players, a lot of cheap kind of contracts. Um, so obviously they're going to make a lot of moves, whether they're looking at quarterback, running back, receivers. Uh, and this is a team that needs a lot too, so it's it's really going to help them. They're going to be in full rebuild mode uh, more than likely. Um, they're going to more than likely keep Brian Fitzpatrick if and hopefully his Fitz magic will keep rolling for Dolphins fans. But you you take that into consideration, they're going to be able to sign a, a, a good amount of big-name free agents um, should it be a hot destination. And along with that, you have to think of, uh, you know, you have to think of them also fulfilling need and um, being able to sign their draft class. And I think um, the Dolphins will be sitting pretty well here uh, this offseason, they'll definitely be the most active, too, to get to where they want to be. My third team is the Indianapolis Colts. This is the team that has the second most cap space in $86 million, um, which puts them in a interesting, another interesting situation. This is a team that is Jacoby Brissett, but yet in need of a quarterback, I think, because Brissett's not the, not, not the number one, not the best quarterback in the league I think he's about an average quarterback I don't think he's good I don't think he's great and I don't think he's awful and I don't think he's bad I think he's average I think this team does need a change uh, in scenery at, at QB to maybe put them up to the next level to where they need uh, someone like an Andrew Luck and obviously Luck has retired and they need somebody to put them back into that situation and boom there you go you know I think that's where a lot of it's going to come from. They could get uh, Philip Rivers. They could get a Winston, a, a Jameis Winston. They could get a Dak Prescott. Should he not resign in, um, in, in Dallas? Maybe even Tom Brady. I mean, it it is an interesting thought to to say the least. And then the fourth team I said was the Houston Texans, and the reason I said this is because this team um, has a lot of. Again, a lot like the Bills. They were good last year. They, there's holes for them to fill. They made the playoffs, and the, there are holes they need, they, they need to fill. And a lot of it comes offensively to me. And if that's the case, they need a lot of money. And as of now, they're eighth in the NFL at, at that. They have about $62 million, And right behind them is you know, they have almost 63 you know, the Redskins are right behind them at just above 62 um, due to a couple releases, but um, a, a couple cuts. But you you think about the Texans and where they are currently with Sean Watson and, you know, uh, having guys like Will Fuller and, and uh, Kiki QT and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and looking for a tight end, looking for a running back, you know, Potentially sticking with Carlos Hyde, building up that offensive line, filling some holes defensively. This is a team that really needs to do that. <coughs> because, you know, they need to stay in the race to win this division. The Titans played really well last year. They ran away with it, both literally and figuratively, with Derrick Henry. Uh, but they had Ryan Tannehill. Should they keep that up, they need to really stop that team. Should the Colts make a lot of moves? The Texans need to, you know, 
make a rebuttal in that and keep up the pace with them. And I think the Jags will be better because Foles will be healthy and he'll have the weapons that he needs. So I think the Texans need to keep up with those teams within their division to pretend uh, to win and make it back to the playoffs next year. The next one is usually a question that's asked um, very often going into the offseason and maybe even the draft. What are some players that could be traded? Some of these I talked about. Cam Newton's one. We talked about him and how the Panthers could could do this. And it's to me, I think it's likely, probably more than likely that it's going to happen. Um, so there's no real need to kind of go into Cam, talk about that even more. Same with Andy Dalton. But I do have two other guys that I think could legitimately be traded right now. Trent Williams is one of them. The offensive tackle from the Washington Redskins, I think, could be traded. From from what I've been hearing, he's, you know, there have been positive conversations from him coming from him and Ron Rivera. It did sound like he wanted to get a new contract or uh, be traded. And from what the reports have been saying, and this sounds about right, because Trent is a good player, um, is that he's asking for a lot of money. Which, and... And not only that, but people people around the organization are saying that it is a lot, like a whole lot of money, like too expensive to pay him. Like they don't want to pay him that much. So it's in the the Washington Redskins are an odd situation because they I think they want to pay him to where they want to bring him back because they need that strong offensive line. But yet there's the possibility of saying if we trade Trent we could get a lot of value maybe a a decent a a good player and somewhat of a decent draft pick so it could be to where the rest can succumb to that and say we need to trade him there's a lot of value here this is where we need to go and then the next guy is Josh Rosen I unfortunately after being traded from Arizona last year to Miami I think he'll be traded yet again this is the Miami is a team that will Go either go after a quarterback in free agency or draft to a Herbert. In my case, I think they'll draft Herbert. Um, but Rosen more than likely is on the outs, and I think he will be traded because um, I do think there are still teams out there that want him. I think he's a good quarterback, but he was never put in the good situations. Arizona didn't have a good a supporting cast around him. That offensive line wasn't great. He didn't have a lot of weapons. He did not have a run game. That defense was pretty, that defense was good, but that offense that Rosen was in, in Arizona wasn't great. That was the same deal in Miami. Not a lot of weapons. Really didn't have a run game. Offensive line was in shambles. The defense was just, a, I would say, a lot worse than the Cardinals' defense, but uh, but still a pretty decent defense for that team. So you can't be too sad. You can't be. I mean, but Rosen just needs to be put in a good situation. So you're looking at teams. I think like Green Bay or the Chargers or New England trading for this guy. Because he can easily be a quarterback of the future for someone. Which is the biggest thing to 
to keep in mind because he gets put in, you know, when teams don't win, it's always blamed on the quarterback, which is always tough. Even though most of the time it's not him, it's either not him, it's either blamed on him or the coach. And some of the times it's not him. You know, it's not the quarterback. It's not the coach. It's the people around him. But in this case, Rosen's been kind of put on that pedestal twice had to, and was knocked down. Now I think it's time for him to be put on the pedestal again, but remain at that high point of the pedestal and say, hey, you know, you truly have to knock me off of this. And just doesn't. I think Rosen will could be a hot commodity come uh, March 15th when the new league year starts along with free agency. So trades can happen, and it's just an inch. I think Rosen needs to change the scenery and needs to be on a contender that can really help him develop and be that quarterback that that he is that came out at UCLA and, you know, prove everyone that they were wrong about him. He's not a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I think he just needs a good situation. And then finally, the last question that I think, uh, the last question that I mentioned was, what move would surprise me the most? You know, there's a lot. You know, I, I considered Brady signing elsewhere, but, you know, based off of, you know, the time crunch that's coming down, I wouldn't say that would be the biggest surprise to me. Um, also because... You know, the Patriots cannot franchise tag him, which if you don't if you don't know what that is, it's a contract to where a player returns to the team for one year but is paid the league average of that position. So Brady would get paid a whole lot of money, but that can't happen. Um, so now the Patriots actually have to re-sign him to like a one-year, a legit one-year deal or two, three-year deal, um, which which is unfortunate, but which that could lead to Brady signing elsewhere. Um, that was an option. I think another option would be a trade of a quarterback that, you know, that is currently a starting quarterback. So like a Derek Carr or, because um, that's been floated around or like a, release of a Nick Foles. Uh, I think that's been mentioned a couple, a little bit. Um, Tua going to the Redskins, I think, would be one. But it's not the biggest one. I think the biggest move that would surprise me the most would be the Bengals trading out of the first overall pick. Here's why. Because, number one, I think it'd be absolutely stupid for this team to do it. Like I said earlier, Burrow is a one. and Is this generation's like biggest talent um and i think that is the biggest thing that you could ever say about anybody i think he is special joe burrow is and for the Bengals to trade out number one and give it to maybe a los angeles chargers give it to a team like the carolina panthers give it to the Tampa Bay buccaneers give it to somebody the Detroit Lions and say, here you go. You can take Joe Burrow. It would be the biggest shock to me because the Bengals themselves need a quarterback and have said, we want to take Burrow. 
and there's been so much on it. This could this could be a really weird smokescreen to where they want somebody to trade to number one. This could be really freaking weird. So, um, should that happen, things are going to change a whole lot. You'll see Burrow. And if that does happen, you'll see Burrow in a different uniform, but you'll still see Chase Young in a Redskins uniform. There's nothing that I think will change this unless somehow there's a really compelling offer to Cincinnati to say, hey, here's number one. I mean, that's that's all that's really all I gotta say about that. And that's really all I have. Um, like I said earlier. Earlier on, if you want to hear more Q&As or more episodes like this, this would absolutely be awesome. If you want a Q&A episode to happen, please um, DM questions to me on Twitter or Instagram. Or um, there's a thread up on Facebook to where you can post those questions. So feel free to uh, do that and just have fun with it. Ask you know, ask about my personal life, right? Ask about TV shows, movies, music, Disney, sports, whatever. Ask about it. Um, yeah, and that that's really it. But so that's really it. I hope you enjoyed the episode and goodbye. Adios. However you say goodbye.